Peace be to you. Henry the Cobbling of Evil. Let us begin with a question. Hi everyone and welcome to Curiosity Catholic, the Evangelion podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be picking the brains of Catholic enthusiasts and trying to get to the bottom of how to live truly as a Catholic in contemporary times. My name is Dominic Malgeri, and in this episode, we're going to be picking the brains of a priest from Iraq, Father Douglas, who currently lives in South Auckland. But before we get onto that, let me just tell you about Evangelium. This podcast is produced by Evangelion, and our mission is to evangelize the whole of New Zealand, to uh, share, the, share the light of Christ in the hearts of all Catholics by sharing the truths of our faith in a compelling manner. And that involves you. So if you'd like to get involved or find out what we're doing in the future, sign up to our uh, emailing list, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and go onto our webpage at evangelion.co.nz and check us out if you want to be the first to find out with what's going on with us. Uh, if you like this podcast and you're listening on the audio, do give us five-star ratings on whatever app you're listening to. Uh, put some positive comments and uh, share this around. But without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. And we have joining us Father Douglas. Welcome, Father Douglas. Thank you, Dominic. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Yeah, not at all. Uh, so, Father Douglas, before we continue, uh, who are you? Uh, where are you from? And uh, what do you do? Uh, a part of my name. Uh, <laughs> it's Douglas, but taught me that I am uh, from Scotch or from um, like I'm Iraqi, one hundred percent. And uh, I was born in Baghdad a couple, uh, maybe three, four hundred years ago. I don't know. <laughs> and originate in Baghdad, so <clears throat> I've been parish priest uh, in Baghdad for a long, long time before I uh, uh, was moved to uh, New Zealand a couple of years ago. So nearly now five years here in uh, New Zealand. And um, simply, um, I'm just normal priest, uh, belong to the Chaldean Catholic Church. And um, Chaldean is uh, one of the church. Uh, we are not a little bit, you know, uh, uh, I would say old, but antique. Uh, we are Christian from the first century. Some people, they say, oh, since when you are Christian? Some just 2,000 years. <laughs> Sometime you go a little bit over, especially in the churches in Middle East, because we are always under, you know, struggle there. Sometimes when you just try you know, to to say that uh, we've been before that, that church, we've been before. We say we are Christian before Christ himself. Of course not. <laughs> but... For sure, we are from the first century being Chaldean because uh, the Saint Adda is one of the tw uh, 72 disciples who came to the north of Iraq and uh, established the first church in Iraq. So since that time, till now, we are Christian there in Iraq. Wow, so, so Saint Adda, is that the, that's the name of your parish down in Papatoito, is it? Yes, that's right, Saint Adda. Saint Adda. And so... Uh, you've been in New Zealand for five years, and you've come from Baghdad, which is right in the middle of Iraq. Um, yes. That's, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I'm originally from England. Uh, I don't know if you can tell from the accent, but um, when I came to New Zealand, that was one of the things that struck me is like there's a lot of Iraqi people in in this country, and um, I had a friend back at home, uh, and his parents were Iraq Iraqi, but. Um, 
like they were very English in their culture. And as soon as I, I met someone that was from Iraq over here, next thing I know, I'm eating Iraqi food. I'm in an Iraqi household. They're speaking Iraqi. It is, it's, oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, you've got a very uh, vibrant culture. Uh, so I imagine moving to New Zealand, which is quite European, is quite a culture shock. Would you say so? You know, it's a depend if you're if it's your choice to move or it's been forced to be you know to leave the country. So it's completely different. So is there, we are. I think my community or our people in general. I'm talking about the Christ in in general in Iraqi and Christian maybe in special. I would say that we are sometimes dancing between two worlds. Am I am a refugee or immigrant? So I'm going to one day will go back to my country or that's it, should I? So always the people they are between. We have in New Zealand, there's 50% uh, of people always talking about Iraq and another 50, they never mention Iraq because always there's like, you know, there's a story, there's a sad uh, story behind, there is some struggle, okay? So in, in any case, I will just say, um, special to this region where is the Australia because there are a lot of majority from the Chaldean in Sydney and Melbourne and here in New Zealand uh, I will say that New Zealand for our people actually it's paradise mm. we are we are blessed we are lucky to be in this country yeah and a lot of our community uh, they are doctors pharmacies uh, engineers so Always they are like paying back to the culture, to the community. And we have to, uh, uh, myself, when I talk with the, with the special, with the kids, well, which they were uh, uh, born here and grow up here, always telling them, hey guys, you should be proud you are Kiwis, but it's still in your blood, you're Iraqi. So one day that passion will take you to the, from where you are and be mm. be proud of it but you are kiwi don't let anyone to say no don't say because still sometime we have you know like that mm. okay uh, i am from that uh, town i want my kids to be no of course mm. the love will will lead us from where we are as iraqi you know iraq has seven thousand years of civilization of course there's not the time just to count what's the iraq in the past give to the world from uh, for example from the alphabet uh, sometime when i want just you know teasing these people i will say you know there is one thing actually it's produced or let's say made by iraqi people i don't know maybe four or five thousand years and they say what i say beer alcohol and they say what i say yeah we create that. <laughs> I don't know, should I say we should be proud or I'm sorry for that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but actually we made that. Mm. Okay. We, we, we actually offer that to the, to the world. We are the first country. And uh, so there's a lot of things we have really proud of it. And uh, again, just to say uh, Iraqi people, we are a little bit uh, let's say crazy with hospitality we are really crazy with us no i i've experienced that firsthand yes now with all the trouble things in iraq when there's a lot of reports will say who's the people they can you know host generosity with you will say iraqi is their first 
because we believe in that. We have also in tradition, in our tradition, if you come to visit me, still we have like that uh, things. Please don't call me if you want to come. Uh, please just come like this. And uh, it's shame to bring with something with you. No way. Because, uh, and when you come to my house, offer the things, you know, like, you know, food, everything, it's also to shame to say thank you. Say, no, 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 don't say thank you. We have to say thank you because you visit us. So some people like here in, in New Zealand, sometimes mm. they, they say, but how come? Mm. <laughs> how come? I know, I know it's completely different, but this is from where we are. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And things are still those things, you know, still they are a little bit, you know, still uh, going from generation to another. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, so I've got a few friends that are from Iraq, and uh, as they've gotten older and they've gotten married, I've been blessed to be uh, <laughs> invited to a few Iraq Iraqi weddings, and they're, they're something different. They're very, very, um, very amazing. I just can't put it into words. Fantastic. I loved every every single moment of them. So I just try and make more and more Iraqi friends so I can get invited to uh, their celebrations because they know how to party. And like yeah. you say, their hospitality is second to none. So you say you're in the Chaldean, right? And we're in the Roman, right? Uh, so uh, what's the difference? Uh, how are Chaldeans different? What is the mass different? Do you have different saints? Could you tell us a bit about the Chaldean, right? Uh, honestly, we became uh, Catholic uh, f around 500 years ago because we were, we called the uh, Eastern Church or the Church of the East. At Daiwan, proclaim and uh, and uh, Saint Thomas went to the India. So after all East side, like China, India, uh, all that they were. Uh, uh, we start to proclaim even Mongolia, even China. Our church actually took over all that region. So ten now uh, with the Malabar, Malakar. Sometimes they are still. Uh, uh, say the same mass, celebrating the same mass as Kian, but in different way, but the same uh, words. Uh, uh, in 500 years, we, we were uh, uh, a union with the patriarch, our that's mean the archbishop of our pope in Chaldean church, with the Roman. So we became a Catholic, but when you say Catholic, we are uh, in unity in all dogma, theology, uh, but still we have different in our right, liturgia, the language. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, sometimes I'm a little bit jealous by Roman Mass because it's a little bit blah, 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 finish. Okay. <laughs> the mass is, we sing all the Mass, okay, so. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Okay, sometimes it depends if the ha the priest has beautiful, you know, sound or beautiful voice. Okay, mm. we'll take one hour or one hour thirty, sometimes two hours. Okay, but if not, we'll be like Roman Catholic, just thirty minutes and goodbye. Yeah, yeah, the grass is always green on the other side because I know I've heard of a lot of people that that prefer that kind of like more Eastern Catholicism because of like the the beauty and the. Uh, like the ceremony of the singing. Uh, I remember one time, actually, it wasn't an Eastern church, I actually went to a sung mass for the Roman rite, and it was by accident, and that took me two hours. But, like, again, 
it was done in uh, Westminster Cathedral in London, and so they had like a full choir and everything. And I didn't realize it was two hours until I left the church. I went in at six and came out at eight. But yeah, that was um, that's quite I an experience. And that must too. You have to. yes. <laughs> with Bishop Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, that's right. So uh, yeah, you, you typically the Chaldean rite has more like as we say in the Roman right, bells and smells, a bit more singing, a bit more ceremony around different things. But like, so the, the, the basis is the same is, is like you have the liturgy of the Eucharist, you have the liturgy of the word and you have the homily, except it's probably all in, uh, what, what language is it in? So this, we are still using the, uh, the Aramaic. So Aramaic is, we, uh, the people, uh, they call it the spoken language by Jesus. But Aramaic actually why still there in, in Iraq in our liturgia because uh, 3,000 years it was one of the empire called Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire, they were a lot of uh, languages that time. So that time the, 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 the kingdom of that empire, they decide to have one language because make the whole region to understand. So they pick the Aramaic because it's a little bit easy, and it's, uh, it's easy to write from you know from right to left. So this and they force people to speak it. So when Assyrian and even the Chaldean, when they they uh, invaded all the region, even the Holy Land, so they forced people there to speak Aramaic. That's why even Jesus, he was uh, he spoke two languages. Aramaic and Hebrew. Yeah. So it's normal to everyone. So still we are speaking the same language, Aramaic in different dialogue, but still we're here with the family, our kids, with our mass, still we are using the Aramaic. That's beautiful. That's, that's really that's pretty cool. Aramaic, like, you know, that one, like Shakespeare one, and there's like dialogue one, of course. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Languages is, is an interesting thing. There's so many different um, things about it. Like I'm from England, and in um, from town to town, the accent can change, and depending on how well you know the language, it sounds like it's a different language. Uh, so, like you listen to someone that's from like Newcastle compared to someone that's from London, and they don't sound like they're speaking the same language. I'm sure you've experienced yeah. it. Yeah, we have the same. <laughs> yeah. All right. It says it's similar in in, in Iraq. Um, so, um, I want to dive into the topic now and get, uh, we're going to talk a bit, a bit more about persecution in the church. It's been said that the 21st century is, um, the time where Christians have experienced the most persecution. There's been the most Christian martyrs. And when I hear that, um, I'm kind of like shocked a bit, but I'm also like, I don't see it. Uh, because as you mentioned like we live in New Zealand and it's kind of a paradise and yeah we see things like people don't like Christians people will use like use the the fact that you're Christian as a criticism but um especially today we've got this uh, you know what's happening recently in Afghanistan and what's continually happening from my understanding in Iraq could you give us an a uh, quick well an explanation of what uh per persecution is in your, in your perspective or from what you've experienced? So when people, uh, when, I don't know how to cross, you know, when they talk about the 
persecution, for example, uh, against the Christian or Yazidis or all uh, minorities uh, living uh, among the, uh, I don't know, especially in the Middle East, for example. Of course, we will just a little bit talk later about what's going on in Afghanistan. In any case, I always advise people, please don't judge from, you know, from the beginning. You have to listen carefully try to do some search don't believe in media and uh, we have to uh, ask the right people not talk about them but talk with them let them explain what is going on of course if uh, people they are living under persecution and you ask them what's going on uh, they will not be very you know uh, freely to talk and mention everything. They will be very careful when they talk about. It's everywhere, uh, even here, uh, it's everywhere. Because always there's a people that will gonna attack you because there's some background, different background. Especially when I talk about here about the Christian and persecution. Usually, to me, I don't use that word. I always use the word genocide. Because what happened to my, what happened in, to my people, I mean my people, Christian in, in Iraq, it is systematic genocide. Till 2003 in Iraq, there were 1.6 million. Now we are less than 200,000 in Iraq. What happened? Fled, kidnapped, killed, a lot of persecution. Not even just against the Christian, but against Yazidis. Yazidis, they are also a group of people, they don't believe in God, uh, but they are very nice people. Uh, what happened to them, it was completely uh, genocide, disaster. When we mention, when we talk about the truth, we have to say the truth, how it is, okay? Some people, maybe they like it, some people, when I, for example, when I, talk about <coughs> who did that to you. Immediately people, they will say, oh, you have uh, phobia, you have Islamophobia. I say, no, 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 we have to recognize between Muslim and Islam. Muslim and Islam. Muslim people, I was born in Baghdad among Muslim people. So Muslims, they are my friends. We are respect each other, but we talk about the ideology of Islam. That is, we are com I'm completely. Uh, I will not say against, but completely. That idea is against me. Mm -hmm. There's no way to live with that ideology called Islam. Why? Because they are following the book. Following the book, it's mean. I should not be uh, live because it's written there who believe that for example that Jesus is son of God okay he is kafir kafir that's mean infidel and uh, the punishment of infidel according to Islam it's beheaded not kill beheaded because if you kill that sin to Islam, behaved the kafir, infidel, this is a good credit in heaven to you.
So it's different. It's a crime if you kill, but if you behave it, this is not a crime for Islam. So here the problem. Same thing with Afghanistan. Same thing what happened in Egypt. Same thing happened because the idea, the idea is that the wrong is there. For the Muslim, no. We are a good relationship with a lot of Muslims. They are nice, but when the diet ideology control them, they can do nothing. That's why they are, why people, if they, they want, uh, for example, living a country in a Muslim country like Afghanistan, why people, they are running after the airplane just to leave the country. What, what is the pushing Christian people, for example, to leave the Iraq after 2,000 years of history? So, so this is what happened with uh, genocide. And this is not the first time. Last 100 years, my people been attacked eight times. But of course, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I start talk about genocide. I went to remember to European Parliament first time a couple of years ago. Exactly, they told me don't bring war. Talk about war, for example, um, you are struggle there. I say, oh, struggle? Do you know how many priests I saw their bodies in front of? my eyes do you know how many people from my community being shot killed struggle are we talking here about internet access but <laughs> life of people so i'm not going to use word i'm going to use word genocide and uh here we go um those days the the president of france he is in Mosul. He went to visit Baghdad and Mosul, okay? And he saw what was going on there. And what a pity, he visited Mosul and uh, he should go to another town called Sinjar, where is the Yazidis. They were there. Of course, Yazidis, those people just, <coughs> uh, maybe 5,000, people from their group disappeared maybe in a couple of days. Nobody knows where they are. So what I'm saying again, it's, it's not easy to be a Christian in Middle East. Mm. Yeah. So there's a few things there that I found quite interesting is like, you are able to, and I think it's you know it's right, you know, be able to say, okay, Islam is the ideology, but Muslims are the people. Um, but surely, knowing that Muslim people are followers of Islam, must mustn't that put you on edge whenever you're around them, or is it because you grew up with them that you you don't see the ideology before you see the person? You know, that time it was different. Why? Because. Uh, with ex-regime in Iraq, uh, when was Saddam in his power? Uh, when was Saddam? Saddam doesn't uh, trust religion, religious, you know, the, the religion people, leaders, and uh, he was against them. 
because he was to control the, the country, not the uh, religion people. So that time, no, nobody was able to talk about religion, for example. Uh, just to talk about, are you, because, you know, there is a problem inside Islam between two groups. So the, the Muslim, there are two groups. One, they call it Sunnis, another way, Shi'it. And uh, Saddam, he was from Sunni group. So immediately when after 2003, so that another group actually took over and they show all the revenge can possible and they took the country to the nowhere and now my country Iraq, I will just say simple word about it, it is a slave to another country called Iran. So what is this, what they decide in Iran, Iraq has to obey immediately. Saddam was against Iran 100%. So, so those people, I feel sorry about them. Even, for example, if somebody come and attack you and you want to just self-defense, of course. So in here, it's not about Islam and Muslim. So that's why I feel sorry about Islam. So where, where where I was born and grew up, I don't remember till maybe, I don't know, I realized till when I went to the military, that time I realized that there is hate between and this group. But I, to me, myself, I grew up with the, with the a town, <coughs> nobody knows what is the background. Nobody, for example, say, hey, let's go to, to play soccer. And uh, nobody kn knows if you are Kurdi, uh, you are Chaldean, you are... Uh, but now, no no way. First thing they ask, not your question. They ask from where you are, mm -hmm. from which group. This is the main question in Iraq, the main question. So it's become more about ideology rather than relationship now. So now ideology is more important so, and this is where like the persecution comes from in the sense that like they've been taught to think what are you before who are you yes yeah, so we are actually we found ourselves we are between two fire we yeah. are between okay so to have a country such as christian i don't think so it's a good idea. I'll just give one example what I mean. For example, if Barack Obama and went to the mirror and looked to his mirror, of course he's going to see Barack Obama. He's not going to change. He's not going to look to the mirror and find himself that he's like Pope Francis. No way. So minorities in Iraq so one of them, the Christian, they are like that mirror. They will tell you the truth. So what's mean tell you the truth? For example, anyone in Iraq talk about what has happened. Of course, the, the Christian, the Yazidis, they will say, yeah, this is what's happening now. It's completely, <coughs> completely bad, completely uh, 
uh, it's against the humanity it's against it's a crime it's a genocide so what are they gonna do so they decide to what to broke that mirror to destroy that mirror which mean us say so no nobody will nobody will say what's going on for example let's no let's now talk about afghanistan for example who knows what is going on for example i just read there's a guy for curiosity he came from pakistan to see what's going on so he went to kabul and uh, nobody knows where is this guy nobody can call him and after that he called from the uh, united states they say hey I am here in United States because I found a way and I just get into the airplane and I found myself now in America. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm talking about because we don't know. We don't have people there saying the truth. I see. So like Christianity in the sense that it is, you know, following Jesus who is the truth, uh, the way and the life. Because because that that's a threat. That's a threat to the people that are trying to govern Iraq. Um. So what what is like? So you moved over here five years ago, and what did you experience of this? What was it like? What was a day in Iraq like for you as a Catholic priest? Look, Dominic. To be Christian in Iraq is suicide mission. In Iraq, special priest, I don't think so. One day we went to bed and we think that I will have chance to have another chance to go to bed for next day. I don't think it would, that time was, for example, I keep my last well with another priest another priest give his last will with me so because each time we don't know what's gonna happen I'm talking about when I hold uh, when I carry the the two bodies of priests they got shot in Baghdad 2010 one of them he was my student uh, another priest another priest he was kidnapped and I was try to find with kidnapper what's how we can release him for example i went to hospitals in iraq it's not the same hospital in iraq it's like it's a rubbish so i went to the looking uh, me and another priest uh, just checking the bodies looking for a priest because being kidnapped uh, me myself uh, i just consider myself uh, a lucky a lucky priest sometime even I don't know why I'm lucky should be not but some people they say yeah you should be thanks God yeah I am but the pain you have to carry uh, it's not easy at all mm. I'm not going to when people for example tell me uh, tell your story or say look when I talk about my story first I don't want anybody to look to me as a hero at all I'm just 
lucky maybe but always look to the to the group to the people behind my story forget my name but remember what I'm talking about I survival uh, almost during the mass and they attacked the church uh, they put once uh, a bomb in the main gate and was there like seven meters and you know you know that feeling where is the bomb and you just fly on air you know like that even with this body like elephant but the bomb actually you know push me on air and uh, another time i was just standing um, front the main gate watering i don't know <laughs> so one of the militia and still the same militia now in, in government and there is a leader religion leader uh, uh, run that militia they are still there in Iraq and I always talking against the you know that the, the, those the my government there in Iraq it's really completely corrupted I know maybe four times my my Facebook they block it <laughs> yeah even here in New Zealand once they sent a letter to the police <laughs> with nobody signed of course the letter but they say that I have like hate message, you know, the, you know, there's right. a word like, I don't know, okay? So immediately when the police came, I say, I told him, look, I'm always talk about against the government, not because I like to talk against them, but this is what happened. They are, the, the corruption, uh, those people, they are still blah, 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 and I can't stop, okay? In any case, and, uh, <coughs> So that's militia when just they cross uh, from the church and uh, immediately they open fire and you know the, the, the they were shooting like overhead and uh, I was surprised because they were really too close. So they hit the door, main door, they hit the walls and uh, so when just they pass I realized that something you know burned my, my leg and I say what is this? When I looked to my leg, it was like a fountain of blood going out. So when I look actually, so I got shot by AK-47 Kleshnikov. And that day it was one of the, I don't know, it was not easy even to go to the hospital because it was quite a few, as we call it now, lockdown. But to me in Iraq, lockdown is completely different. Here, lockdown, oh my god, it's a picnic. <laughs> in Iraq, lockdown, it's mean curfew, that's mean you will got shot. So I remember in Iraq, in Baghdad, I spent three years, I never went outside home after 6 p.m. Because it was curfew every day from 6 p.m. till 6 a.m. Every So three years, I never been outside. So here when people, they talk about, oh, we are... It's boring to stay. I always remind the people here. Mm -hmm. Remember how was the life in Baghdad? <laughs> so be appreciate. I got the left leg, and uh, till they kidnapped me after a couple months. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Well, just before we get onto the kidnapping, I have a lot of questions. Um, so, because, like, how do you? function like on a just on a regular schedule because 
like nowadays, um, if we want to go to mass in New Zealand, there's like within you know driving distance, there's maybe four churches that have a mass every day. Uh, I can go to any one of them on Sunday. I can go to a few different ones. I can go to mass twice a day, uh, multiple times a day, especially at the cathedral and stuff. In a in a in a situation where being a Christian is for all intents and purposes, illegal, like you say, a suicide mission. How do you advertise a mass? How do you say a mass? How do you? How do the parishioners turn up for mass in that environment where, where like, someone could just drive by and just, just, let set off a bomb? You know, what? How do you do that? <laughs> Actually, this is what's happened in Baghdad. Uh, during the mass, a lot of churches being attacked and uh, a lot of people being killed during... Uh, I remember first attack, it was uh, uh, 1st of August 2004. So they attacked churches in Baghdad, but the Sunday follow, Sunday follow, the churches, they will... Uh, full house, fully booked, like people, they were... Even the people, they they don't used to come to church but now it's the, the 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 question of faith i remember that that sunday people they never come to church okay they they are christian but without practice but when they attack the churches they come all of them i remember the archbishop our patriarch came he was supposed to come to the mass mass was 4:30 before 30 minutes, it was a bomb in my church, main gate. But people still, they come to the mass. <laughs> and we do the prayer normally. And the patriarch would talk with the people. And you can't imagine, it was completely destroyed, the things, you know, around. I, I will tell you, some people say, oh my goodness, are you crazy people? It's not about that. We came from backgrounds. We know that we are not going to die naturally. We are not going to die just like, we know that one day you're gonna be kidnapped, killed, martyred. This is the, this is the, this is gonna be the story, okay? But the question was, when? This is the only thing. Even up, even with the priest, always we don't know if we're going out, we don't know we're going back again to the house. For all Christians, the same issue here. So after that, so the, the churches in Iraq, and this is what happened with me. When I came here first mass, I looked to the main door. It was open, and also the gate open to me. I uh, okay, it's been I don't know years. The main gate also outside. There's church guard, and there's also outside another guards, another gun were fully armed. So one time I told the, the person, I say, look, guys. Really, a little bit. I'm. I'm not used to, to have the the main door open when I'm doing the mass because always thinking what happened, for example, with the priest. You know, because immediately they get in and they shoot the people. Okay, mm -hmm. you know that imagine. It's always crossing in our mind here, mm. in me. So, but when you live in situation like that, day after day. You know, it's like a pain. 
sometimes pain push you down but here the persecution the genocide push push my people they push them up which mean i never ever hear from my people someone blame god to what happened never 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 i heard that someone say yeah uh, because we are Christian, it was not good to, for example, to not be Christian. I never heard that. I never heard, for example, why God, you are punishing us. Never heard that from my people. Never. Never. Yeah, we lose a lot of people. We still through uh, difficult times, but we never blame God for us. Because we know who is the evil here. I know that people, if just they got uh, flu, they will say, oh God, why are you are punishing me? It's just a flu, okay? To my people, no, it's a different story here. Mm. Completely. And yeah, I guess the question that I have when you're telling this story is, um, as many people believe that Christianity is just like another philosophy, just a way of life, it's a choice. You can decide to do it, you can just not decide to do it. Um, in, in your situation, as you said, it's a suicide mission, but yet you still choose to be Christian. Not only do you choose to be Christian, you choose to be a priest. It's like, why did you, why did you choose that? Because surely you knew before entering the seminary that this was... So it's already a suicide mission to be Christian, and then you went to be the worst kind of Christian, a Catholic priest. So why why did you choose that? Well, why didn't you just say, actually, you know, it's easier if I just like duck my head down and get out of here? You know, I, I wish I wish I have answer for that. <laughs> really, I wish because every day when I went to my bed, for example, in in Baghdad. Uh, uh i go to my bed for example um with hundreds of stories in my head and uh, with that fear with that and the day follow when i wake up wake up with new ideas took another project another activities <laughs> and, uh, like there's something from from inside okay just push you more and you find yourself that you can't stop that. Simply, you can't stop that. What is that? How, you, how can I talk about it? Really, I have no idea and I don't want even mm -hmm. to know what is But at least it keep me, I don't know, go on. Just yeah. keep me, not, not only me, I'm talking about all the people I know. I am I'm comparing with my people, uh, I am the lucky one. Okay, I am the lucky. So yeah, I mean that's really beautiful. Like knowing that it's not, you know, it really, it really exemplifies the truth of the faith that it's not just a decision. It is, it's something that you can't not do. It's part of who you are. It's something that wells up from within, within uh, our faith, which is from our heart. That God, that's where God speaks to us. Look, Dominique, for example. Uh, 
the the issue here with Christian and with another another religion, I fully do respect to another religions. With Christianity, to live as a Christian, no need to know all the theology, philosophy, all those, you know, because, you know, the simple things, just how human you are, how to treat the people with the simple things. For example, I remember from, I don't know, like middle school, from middle school, I start to hear about that word. If someone, uh, you know, punch you, you have to punch him back, something like that. I say, no, of course, this is, this is not nice, okay? We are Christian, we can't do that. But I don't know why we can't do that. I, know, I don't know what was the, the, the etiology explanation of the father. I, I have no idea about that, okay? So we will, as a Christian, we live following the Holy Bible, even we don't know all the theology. But with another religion, which I respect the people, they are completely nice. But when they start reading their theology, their uh, ideology they have in their religion, those people, they completely change. They get, you know, blind. They want to go to the, I don't know, like uh, 20 ages ago, live there in the dark time. They, they want to cover women. There is no freedom. Uh, if you just say no to them, they're going to kill you. So look the different. This is what I'm talking about. Mm. Not because we are stupid or we are simple people or we are crazy. Actually, no. Because we built our faith on is based on the martyrs so always the maybe in our family we don't have <coughs> someone and for example educated well educated by theology but at least he knows a lot of stories this is what happened to my grandpa because when they catch him and they want him you have to see to be a muslim and they say why should i be muslim i follow christian this is my cross this is the only god so they kill him for that. So generation just, you know, we took all those stories. And, you know, in, in, in history, actually, one of the name, the official name to my church, they call the Church of Martyrs or the Church of Blood. And you can see the costume of my patriarch is red. Completely red. Why? Because he is carrying all the martyr bloods and to say, if I am going to kill, I am ready to be killed, to be martyr, because already I am red. So if I am going to be killed, that's it. It is already red. You, you see the, the, the difference, okay? So we grow up with that environment. We grow up with that environment when people come to say, no, you have to blood back, you have to revenge. I say, why do we have to revenge? No, because this is how the people, how the men do. No, no, of course, no, no, no. This is not us. Completely not us. That's yeah. I mean, I think that's really cool. And like, I think something that um, I've always struggled with is because um, I mean, there is a lot of beautiful theology, especially in our, in our Catholic tradition. And I often meet people that can expound this theology really well, and I find them very inspiring. And I, I try, but I'm not I'm not clever enough to read it all. But I often find that some times people do 
they do get too into the theology and they're too worried about rubrics and where you're placing your hands and how you're doing certain things. I think there's a place for that. But I think, you know, you're right, you know, in the day to day and how we interact with one another, it's not a, you know, Christianity is not about theology, but it's about real relationship, relationship with the God of the universe. And that is expressed in our relationship with each other. And that relationship should be love. Um, and I think that's fantastic. Um, I want to get on to, um, you mentioned you were kidnapped. And you've just been talking about this, you know, kind of life of nonviolence and of love and of being Christian. Um, I think I'm actually going to have to make this podcast a two-parter because I'm going to carry on talking to you and we've already hit the hour mark. Um, but yeah, so could you, could we go on from there and talk about how were you kidnapped? When were you kidnapped? What were you doing? And then talk a bit about what happened during that time. Uh, that time I was uh, running a school, private school in my church. Uh, 70% they were Muslim. <laughs> Maybe I think less than 15% they were Christian. And uh, so normal, uh, normal Sunday mass finish. Uh, so I'm talking about after 11, 11.30 something in the morning. So the mass start 8. So you can imagine how, how many hours <laughs> the mass take. Okay. So I went outside uh, to visit friends of uh, family, friends of mine uh, from the uh, ex parish. Uh, uh, it's a little bit north of, it's a little bit in northern Baghdad. Uh, in any case, I took the highway. So immediately I just, uh, there were two cars, they blocked the highway in front of me. They jumped with, they were covered completely, armed with bad words. They opened the door and they took me and they put me in the the, the boots and the, the oh. so sometimes I, I I get confused between the American way or the, the Kiwi's way when I talk about the tongue or the, yeah, the, yeah. the in any case so they took me uh, nowhere uh, when we arrive immediately I just heard the voice from outside say uh, hey look uh, Take this and uh, tie your eyes, and if you're gonna open your eyes, we'll put the bullet between your eyes. So I tied my eyes. So they took me outside. Immediately, I just found myself on the ground. When I wake, I just realized that one of them, he kicked me by his knee in my face. So when I wake, it was uh, completely, you know, blood everywhere. So uh, I'm a little bit was you know I don't know confused what what's going on what's happened and uh, you know I'm of course I'm, I'm not going to mention all the things such as like uh, the bad words uh, like mm. uh, American spy <laughs> this, this is the word at that time I get crazy with that word when they say you are American spy because they read my name and they thought that with Douglas name I'm like American okay and. Uh, so they say, American spy. I said, wait, 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 wait. Why you call me American spy? And uh, yeah, your name. And of course, different story. In any case, the words like infidel, kafir, uh, it was like, you know, uh, I don't know, normal. Uh, they hit me. Uh, they, I don't know, uh, a lot of stuff, do stuff. Uh, 
they are not the same thing when 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 you watch a movie because in movie you can just see what's the thing but not the smell not the not the when the people you know they came and you can feel the things when you hate you know in any case they tied me with the chains i remember or and also uh, they took me to the a place it was let's say x wc is getting like between a storage and wc and you can imagine how is the smell there okay because it's it's not really wc but someone doing the things there and same time is a storage so they they threw me there and uh, the first four days of course, no water, uh, no food. Uh, uh, I was only able to, because it was chain here and big lock. So I was able by chain when the day, because I can feel, I can listen, hear the, the mosque. So there's a prayer five times. From the prayer, I can find what is the time. Because my chair, the next door is the mosque. So it's easy to me because the even the the mullah imam he wake uh, every day three forty five a.m. and one time I told him come on even God is sleeping this time what I, <laughs> and he say honestly father it's not me I say who is doing that I say I put CD the prayer. <laughs> and I go to sleep till 5 a.m. I said what <laughs> it's really brilliant <laughs> I know I don't know about that <laughs> in any case so I know from that the time and I can make a sign on the wall how many days and uh, in any case also <clears throat> it was really good things with that chain I still remember it they were when they tied me there were 10 chain left with the big lock so i used the chain as a rosary and the big lock for our father but dominic please don't ask me how many times i prayed because before it's just you know the same rosary you know like 50 times that's it but with that one i don't know 200 300 much i pray i much became more calm more strong of course the the group there were two groups one during the day, one during the night. The during the day, they were, you know, they used them. People, they are poor. They use them by money. And uh, they have no idea who I am. The list, and I was on the list. Because that group, I became the spiritual father to them. Day by day, for example, when they took me to the during the another group during the night, and they hit me and the questions, uh, same questions: What is the relationship between church and American church and Kurdish church and blah blah blah? Where is that bishop or where is that bishop? And you know, I'm Catholic priest. Even worse, I'm Chaldean. That's mean no way to have any words from me. It's no way. And I remember. <coughs> 
when they punish me, especially the, the day sixth, when they say, remember the first day when you said, uh, you consider yourself that you are here as a picnic? Because I told them when they try, you know, teasing me and they, when they start, you know, torch and, uh, you know, punch me with, with the pistol, with, you know, I say, hey guys, I am a priest and I've been military. So I am just, uh, I think it was a, yeah, it was a, from a long time, just I need a break. Uh, so thanks for this picnic. <laughs> so they hit me more for that, okay? They never forget that. In any case, after four days, of course, that really affected me without water. Ten now here in New Zealand. I never go to the, without my bottle of water. There's beside my bed, okay? So those people, they know about psychology. They know what that's mean. Uh, till day six. First group, when they took me to the, 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 the second group during the night, those they put a lot of questions, they torch me. The day follow, first group, they ask, come again, and they say, please, Father, forgive us, because yesterday we were with them when we, when we you know, when we punish you, when we will torture you. And I say, yeah, I forgive you. I know they are using you because you are poor people and you have... Uh, and of course, the second group, uh, they work with government. They use police car, use the ambulance to move, uh, you know, they have all badges. Uh, and they told me that, that, that when the first group, they say, we don't know you personally, we have just your name. And they, they told us, you ha we have to bring you. And really, we thought that you are a bad guy. We don't know, you know. And they start asking me questions. For example, one of them, uh, they were just, you know, talking about Islam. And I was explaining to them about Islam. Because they have no idea. Completely no idea about the education, about the things. No idea. Someone, because one of them, he say, why don't be a Muslim? I say, yeah, okay. Tell me, tell me. If I get Muslim, what I will get? What, what, tell me what's the benefit. Okay? I, I'm happy. Okay, just tell me. Tell me why. Tell me a reasons. Tell me what, what's going to change with me. So that's why I start talking about. And they you know, never stop. Those people, they never stop asking about the questions. Like one of them, he just, he was, <clears throat> his phone ringing. And they say, oh, I say, again, she's calling me. I say, and I ask. Uh, it's your wife? She said, yes, yeah, my wife. And I say, come on, be nice with her. Okay, just text her. Thanks, honey, I'm okay. And like that, okay? And they start asking me questions, you know? Spiritual father <laughs> to the group during the, 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 the day. And I became enemy during the night. Till day six, <clears throat> uh, they start negotiation because they change my place to another place. Because that group decide, kill him, or negotiate it, or like sell him for another group. Because me, I'm useless. There's no information coming from my side. So I think the group first, they've been nice to me. They didn't actually obey to shoot me just like that. So they, I think they sell me to another group. So another group, they start negotiated. And that's what happened. When they start negotiating with another priest, and 
those people they are going to hear what I'm saying please again don't judge because when you are inside that environment uh, that situation uh, you know what I'm talking about so when they start talking with the priest there were four cell phones look how smart they are cell phone with me it's open almost tight speaker I can hear another phone Co connect with another phone number two and number three sp speakers on both but they were where in police car and police car calling from the the priest so nobody can catch the signal where they are even if they catch it police car <laughs> and this is the government <laughs> So the priest and my advice to never let the priest to be in negotiation with anybody. My freely advice. So the is friends of mine. So first question he asked me, he told them, I was listening. He said, I want to be sure he's Father Douglas and he's still alive. Oh, good. And uh, I say yes. He asked me, tell me the date of your ordination. Okay, 29 June, you know, St. Peter and Paul, okay. <laughs> mm, good. Uh, I, I was really afraid. I thought he's going to ask me another question. For example, what is the favorite color? Or I don't know, like, you know, priest. In any case, they told me, don't talk with him in Arabic. Don't talk him in Aramaic language, talk in Arabic. Because, you know, in Iraq we speak, we born with two languages, Aramaic, Arabic. But that time, I was able to pass one word to him in Aramaic. The word is Ayela. Ayela, it's mean in English, that's it. So, that's it. It's mean over, it's mean that's it this is the end so he catch the word he catch the word immediately he told them I don't want to talk with father Douglas anymore I want to continue just with you so they hang the phone that one was close to me so me and the group we don't know what's happened till till after that during the night, another come, group came and they took me to the ugly room. I call it the ugly room. Why? Because they smoke there. Uh, they were channel always Quran uh, with the louder sound. Of course, they stopped doing that because they thought I'm going to shout but, and not let anyone hear my voice. And second, just to show that how, how believers they are always listening to the Quran, but they stopping that. They told me that because after that, they put just, you know, like... Uh, cheap songs you know after during the day in any case so they took me to the ugly room and immediately i hear one of them he say remember when you say the first day you are here in the picnic with us you will show it's me picnic bring me the hammer so they bring the hammer i was you know tight like this and suddenly something hit my shoulder it hit first my 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 face and I realized there's something, you know, when I spit, it was a blood and one of the teeth. 
and they hit me again to the, my shoulder and they say don't worry you have a lot of teeth and we have all the night and they hit me again they hit me they hit my back and this was the worst thing because <laughs> I went to the operation still I suffer from my back and uh, so I realized the priest told them keep father Douglas to you we don't want him anymore we are going to count him as one of the our martyrs oh, good friend huh <laughs> in any case uh, that date was really uh, the worst day night ever in my life and uh, they used you know all the things uh, I'll just show you, for example, you know, you know, when they took and they put it there, uh, a lot of bad things. And uh, still, I remember the, the group that when you during the day, the day follow. And oh, my goodness, they say, how come you can't take all those and you and we told you when they hit you just shout why you were not shouting because when you shout they will stop because they don't hear and i say why should i shout and one of them say oh my goodness he's going again to talk about in philosophy <laughs> he's going to talk about philosophy so after nine days <clears throat> again so they ask for money uh of course i have no idea what's happened i just they took me i remember one of the they were from the one of them from the the another group and i think one two from the the group from during the the day they put me in the car uh they put uh, like women clothes they cover me with women clothes and I still remember when they put that, of course, I was tight, but I was able to feel there is something like cover me. And they say, guys, it's a, it's a women costume here. Are we talking about women costume? Because in, in Middle East, it's, you know, there's completely shame to do that. Okay. Because some people, they heard that here. They say, oh, what's the difference? No, no, we're not talking about different. There's completely, this is the case of death of life. Okay. When you, when you miss with that. And I told them, this is uh, Arab Muslim tradition. And I, use, and I use it against them. They say, you have to pay for that. And one of them, he said, what? I say, you have to pay for that. You, you don't, if you are a man, you can't do that, okay? And if you are a man, you have to shoot me before doing that. You know, this is Iraqi way when you're teasing the, 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 the another one because this is tradition and he told me immediately with the pistol he said just tell me when you are going to stop talking just stop talking so from the reaction i know they are not going to do something bad because one of them say he said just just listen just listen what he's saying just listen Look where he, where is he now, and what he's talking about. 
So from the reaction, I know probably they are going to shoot me, but not 100%. So when they arrive at a place, just they, they told me, jump. So I was, you know, waiting. Somebody shoot me from back. But no, just they let me. And I remember that day, of course, I was a little bit, I don't know where, I asked somebody, driver, uh, taxi, and they say, I'm sorry, I don't have money, but this is from the, the way it's going. I say, and he thought, what are you talking about? This is a, it's another part of the, the, the city. If you want to go there, it's from, if you, uh, he was really nice, you know? So I walk, walk, walk till I went to another church and was a priest there. And he was really, uh, he knows that I will be around. And he took me to, and say, you have to stay. Say, no, I want to go to my church. So I went to my church. I went to my room. I remember that day. I switched on all the lights. TV, radio, all the things. <laughs> and I was awake till 6 a.m. I never went to sleep. Because I said, I don't want to feel that I am in dream. I want to live the moment I'm still alive and uh, here I am of course I never share my story for many years why because this is story among to my people is normal it's happened every time second I always telling the people uh, who I am to complain is right to complain why should i stand from god to say god why is that happened to me he's going to answer me same answer you say yeah i know i know that feeling the same thing did with my son jesus so why i put myself in that situation of course not so here i am that's why i call myself among my people, I'm lucky. But to what happened, the people behind my story, it's systematic genocide, completely. Mm. Wow, I mean, it's quite a, quite a shocking story. It's quite um, amazing to hear and like to think about the reality of the situation. This is something that you went through. And I think nowadays, it's more people are more inclined to try and ignore these things. Say, "Oh, it's not real. Oh, they're they're making it up. Oh, they're over embellishing." But it's obvious to tell from your story that that's not what's happening here. This is um, this is just you telling an experience that you've lived. And yeah, wow. I mean, it's going to take a lot to process this. Luckily, it's going to be recorded, so I can watch it back. Um, but I guess a question I have is like now you're now you're in New Zealand. Now you're in a country where, you know, you don't have to worry about that about genocide. Do you do you still feel that people are justified in saying as Christians we are persecuted because there is I suppose there's an inclination it's like. Oh, we're persecuted. It's like, oh no, you're not persecuted. Go to Iraq. That's persecution. Would you say there's still persecution going on it, to towards Christians in this country, or in the Western world? You know what? First thing, killing the 
I would say first thing killing my community, my people, it is not the persecution itself, it's the ignorance. When my people live alone, nobody knows about our stories. And this is from a long, long time ago. What I mean, nobody hear about what's happening. For example, when talk about Iraq, it's happened with me. I was, I don't know, when Rome, something, you know, waiting to the gate. And in Italy, I know always they, they changing the gate every five minutes. So I don't know where is the gate, okay? So I just ask somebody, it's the gate. He say, no, no, not that one. And uh, because, uh, I don't know. So, and he turned to me and say, you are from where? I say, from Iraq. And say, do you have bomb in your in your pocket? Why should I have bomb in my pocket? Look, the people, they, you know, they, they, when they, they judge, they look just from the outside. They don't know what is going on. So Pope Francis, when he, he went to the, when he went to Iraq, I like when the Pope Francis say, the church in, the church in Iraq, is life still life there but what's mean still the church life it's mean still try to do the best because in 2014 when the islamic state took over mosul there they were 125,000 people christian in one day and overnight, all of them, they, they fled from, from Mosul. They went to Erbil. 17,000 families they were. If now count where they are, 10,000 families, they left Iraq from 2014. So somebody will say, oh, they are still alive. Yeah, but not in their towns. They already left. I met some of them. They were in my camp because I was running a camp in Erbil. So they came here and they said, oh, Father, we know you. You were there. I said, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We share the same thing. You know what happened. But look to the, I'm here. I will say my body is here. Yes. But my soul still stuck there. And I don't want my soul, my, my, my soul to come here. I don't want that. We have this feeling, we have this saying in, in, with, uh, with all Iraqi, not even the Christian, all of them, Kurdish, uh, is, uh, Muslim, all of them, especially those people, they got persecuted, you know, and they, they left the country. They, we say, we live, uh, we, we leave Iraq, but still Iraq live in our sight. And we don't have actually to forget that. I'm not saying I have homesick. It's I wish I have homesick. I can, f I can solve that problem. But he is different. This is the, is the compassion. This is my home, and they they destroyed my home, my community in front of me. Somebody, a lot of people say, why don't just keep silent? Okay, even when I came to New Zealand. It was agreement between two bishops because my bishop there in Iraq, he told me, I'm trying to find a place to you now. I don't want to attend your funeral service because you are attacking government. Government, they are still looking for you. You are uh, talking about uh, 
just find a place. So it was agreement to go to Sydney, but they found New, New Zealand. But after one year, I went back <laughs> to Iraq. I went to Mosul. I remember I went to Mosul after seven days when Iraqi army took Mosul from ISIS. That day or that week, nobody get into Mosul. I went there and it was a miracle because it was only one bridge, military, we call it mobile bridge, military bridge. And they, they say, who you are? Why, why you want to cross to go to that? I say, my home is there. I want to see my house. And they say, no, no, this is military, military zone. It's not allowed. I say, no, I want to. And they say, go to the officer. I went to the officer and I salute him in Iraqi military way. And I represent myself. I say, I am Father Douglas. I am from Baghdad originally and uh, I'm now living in New Zealand. I want to see my house. And he say, what are you talking about? Nothing left in the town there. They just smash it like that. Well, which house? I say, the church. And I remember till now this, you know, he say, I never give permission to anybody to cross the, the bridge because it's military one. But I don't know why something's stopping me to tell you no. And they say, who you are? I say, no, I say, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm just a priest and I want to go there. And I went. And I took their New Zealand flag. Where was the, the mosque? Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, one of the, the terrible guy and in Mosul from ISIS, Daesh. So I went to the same place and I with with the New Zealand flag from there. And I sent photo to the diocese here. I told them this is the first flag here. Get into the this city. Because I'm proud. I'm Iraqi, but I come from New Zealand. Just to say this country, this town, you know, now it's free from ISIS. Of course uh, I took some videos there, but what I saw, it was disaster. They were still shooting. They were there. I saw military. They stopped me two, two times, three times, a group, different group, because my face, they look at from, I don't know, from Russian or some, I don't know, terrorist from where, because I don't have like same, you know, dark, dark uh, skin, like, you know, like somebody from, uh, so... Uh, and I saw a lot of, you know, bodies there. Oh, my goodness. It was completely destroyed, the city. Still a smoke, still, I don't know, fires there, there. But, and also, the, I remember my bishop, and he said, I told you to not move, to not say anything. You are just keep posting, you know, the thing. I said, yeah, we have to say the truth. So, again, if you ask me why you are doing that, I wish I know what's the answer. I wish, but there's something pushy, you know? Just keep pushing you. I wish I know. <laughs> Man, so, so such an amazing story and such an amazing witness to living out the Christian faith and just speaking the truth. It really struck me how, you know, the people that were beating you, you would just talk to them as if they were normal people in the day, and even though they would turn on you at night. Um, I think that's like we can learn a lot from that because you know we find ourselves in situations today where 
you know, people might be around you and they're not speaking the truth and they're not going to beat you with a rifle, but like saying, talking to them about the truth and saying what is true is terrifying. And, uh, you know, Dominic, one of them, I still remember his name, Ahmed. He said, if we, in one day, if we are going to meet what you are going to do, I say, well, I think I'm going to invite you to drink chai, for example, have chai together. And, uh, and he said, just like that. I say, yeah, you are not going to kill me or, you know, you know, punish me or, you know, like pay back or, I say, actually, no, I forgive you. But if your hands bloody with another, another case, no, you have to go to the court with me, you are free. And he said, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. You are unbelievable. I said, no, 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 it's not me. This is who we are. It's not me. And he said, why? Because I say, if I'm going to do the same thing like what you did, I will be like you. But I'll forgive you because I am a free man. If I'm not going to forgive you, I'm not going to change the future. If I'm going to do the same thing like what you did, we are going to just stuck in the past and we will just live there and we cannot move on. And I still remember another guy, he say, here we go. Again, start with philosophy. I know what he's talking about. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Do you have another question, Dominique? Ah, oh, mate, I've got millions of questions. Um, but I guess, yeah, I guess what is, it's like you've, you've, you've lived this faith and I guess in a sense nothing's changed for you because in a sense like of who you are and what you believe, even in the face of great adversity. Have you found that it's been, I often hear stories of people that are Catholic that come from great adversity when they move to a, a Western country like America or New Zealand or the UK, they find it harder to keep up that level of faith or they find it because the because there's less, you know, uh, adversity, there's less to fight for. It's because it's too easy. It's like, oh, I won't go to Mass this morning. I'll go to Mass this evening. Oops, I missed Mass kind of thing. Um, have you found moving to New Zealand, you've had any difficulties or you, you've experienced any major differences that were kind of shocking to you or anything like that? To be honest, Dominique, with that, uh, even in our, among our our community, Chaldean, for example, they a lot ask me when, for example, when I visit them for for lecture or I don't know, for example, in the United States, they say they feel sorry because we are from the same group, but this one live in Western country and this live in Iraq. So this, both they are practicing their faith, but the, the people outside, they feel more sorry or more guilty about how people, they are different suffering there in Iraq. And they say, what we can do? So I will always say, please don't feel guilty about that. Just continue life. Nobody asks you to fight the devil. Continue the good things. So I always believe 
how your relationship with God doesn't matter where you are lived. Um, many families here in New Zealand, even from Rome Catholic, not from Chaldean, they remind me like in, I don't know, 15th century, 16th century, they are living in that value, in that way. I'm not saying they are blind, no, no, but how they are respectful, how they are praying rosary every night. So I, when I saw those, I bring it to my community. I say, guys, those people, they, they have no persecution. They don't know, and they never miss their prayers. Of course, maybe I'm talking about 2%, 3%, okay? But they became an example. They became a lesson. <coughs> Back to my, to my, my, my community. I believe the first domestic church is a family. So how the family they are, so that is the church will be. Some people, even in Iraq, if they are, they were, they were have, they used to come just to the church, but no relationship. When they go outside of Iraq, they go to the church because it's like, like social club. It's the only place they can talk in the same language. Somebody understand each other. To me, that's completely wrong. Completely wrong. Some people, they say, Abuna, Abuna has been father. Look how it's a different, and full, you know, people fully, you know, full house, uh, I don't know. And here, church is uh, not, it's almost sometimes like 50%, sometimes like empty. I say, yeah, don't be worried about that. God will, will, will run the church, not you. But we have to keep that relationship. Don't look to the numbers. Always we are the small group. Always we are the solid, the salt on, on food. We are not something else. Don't be the majority. Be always the good, small example. Don't be the majority. I'm always telling the people, so relax with that. My kids, they are against my will. They don't want to practice the faith. They don't be worried about that. Jesus will follow them. This is issue to the, give that file to Jesus, not to you. Don't deal with that. You be a good example. Even your son hate what you are doing because if you force him to come to the church, one day he will leave. He will not back again. Don't force him. Give him good example. Don't, for example, tell your, your kids, don't play with your phone every time. And you are telling him and you are always, you know, uh, on Facebook. Of course, he's not going to believe you. Look at the difference. The first domestic church is family. We have good families. We have a good church. We don't have good families. You know, me, I believe what my teacher told me. He said, when I... He said, when I see church fully, you know, <laughs> fully packed with the people, I scare. Really, I scare from that community. Why? He said, because why there are so many? Why? They have to group, they have something else. You know, I don't want actually to give lecture here, but to be to be Christian is not just 
carrying the cross is follow Jesus is was not taken about carrying the only the cross but follow it's important more than the carry the cross carry the cross anybody can carry the cross if you believe in God if you don't believe in God if you are Catholic Roman Syriac whatever when the the terrorists they come and ask you what you are they say, I'm, I'm, I'm Chaldean oh, you are Christian they don't care about your name they don't care about if you are Roman if you are from the traditional <laughs> background if you are not Roman uh, liberal Roman they don't care about that they know you are infidel so to to us completely different here talking about the carrying the cross and follow Jesus follow don't stop follow sometime mm, okay this has happened to Jesus how many times okay sometime it's really heavy and they ask another one to help Jesus to carry the cross does mean us so look it's always it's a journey it's a journey we have to do our part our part we don't know what's the promising land is the same same fathers in desert when they start walk they don't know what's gonna what they are going to see the promising land they say let's walk and let our kids enjoy the paradise so we are carrying the cross but let our kids enjoy the 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 the, the, the kingdom look this is the different we don't have to be we have to do our parts if our part sometimes for example a lot of my people they ask me why is just happened to us Christian for example in Iraq I say not just only in Iraq also in Nigeria also in Philippines everywhere this is the evil everywhere if if we have no answer for that at least we can say yes we are going to be a good lesson a good example maybe one day people they will talk about it. they say look oh father Douglas he was oh yeah he's a martyr he was a good priest maybe funny a little bit sometime who knows yeah <laughs> now that's brilliant that's fantastic and I think I could carry on talking to you all night but um we are going on a bit long now and people will have to listen to this at some point so I think um we'll have to call it an end there but thank you so much for uh, joining me on this on this podcast um if people want to find out more about you where can they go uh no not find about me find about my people looking yeah. for christian please do that and if you would say what can i i can have nothing to say okay just pray for them when they talk about that just mention what happened in iraq thank you so much that's it Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you everybody for listening. We've been Curiously Catholic, and this has been an amazing podcast. I've been absolutely inspired by this uh, conversation. So I really appreciate that, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to find out more about what's going on, look into our website, evangelion.co.nz. Look us up on all podcasting apps, that's Curiously Catholic, and subscribe and leave good comments and give us five star reviews. Thank you very much. I've been Dominic Nalgeri. We've had Father Douglas on this podcast. I've been curious. You've been Catholic. See you later. God bless.